Hey there, whiskey noobs, and welcome to yet another whiskey Q and A episode. I believe this is our sixth whiskey uh, FAQ, as I'm calling them, or Q and A, whichever you prefer. Question and answer type episode of the Whiskey Noobs podcast. We're getting quite a few of these questions nowadays, which is fantastic. I want to thank everybody uh, who has submitted a question. But first, if you are new here, my name is Chris Chapinar, and I am the host of the Whiskey Noobs podcast. And these episodes are questions that are submitted to me on Instagram through my Instagram story where I will post one of the little question stickers and you can submit a question and then I will answer it here on the show. I post those every Wednesday so make sure you are following on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs. As I mentioned, we're getting a lot of questions lately so thank you guys for all of the questions. I'm going to fly through these as quickly as I can so that we don't have too long of an episode and everybody gets to hear their question answered. One more thing before we get started that I almost forgot about is I am doing a mystery review of a whiskey for this episode. Uh, on the non-review episodes, as you may know, I do a review of a whiskey and I don't tell you what it is and it is from the whiskey list. Usually recently, I might start making it so that it's not something that was recent on the whiskey list. It might just be anything that we have had on the show so far. But for this episode, I will tell you it's within, let's say, the last three months of the whiskey list or the last three months of episodes on this show. So I'm going to do a quick tasting of that and we'll get into our questions. As always, I have to be a little bit cloak and dagger with the terms that I use because I can't use the exact terms or it's just going to give it away. But I'll say that this has like a sweet honey-ish taste, uh, but it's accompanied by like a nice breadiness, almost like bread. And it also has a little bit something else going on. I will call that grassy for right now. (laughs) And at the end, you'll get a little bit more specific notes if you don't have the answer already. So let's get into the whiskey questions, or actually these questions don't just have to be about whiskey. It's a good time to bring that up. They can be about anything you want, but most of the time they're about whiskey. They can be about just me, the podcast, my life, alcohol, whiskey, anything that you want them to be about. These ones are mostly about whiskey this week, but we will uh, get started right now. So what is my all-time favorite whiskey? This is a tough question. You guys know that I struggle with favorites of anything. Somebody asked me my favorite book last time, and I gave you three books because I'm so bad at deciding my favorites. But if I had to pick an all-time favorite whiskey, it really depends on what you mean. I consider my all-time favorite whiskey to be the one that is a good price, and I'm going to continue to buy, continue to buy, and enjoy it every time. And for that, I would probably pick like one bourbon and one scotch. Uh, probably an Irish as well if I got a little bit more into different Irish whiskeys. So I'll, take, I'll, do, I'll do one from each category, uh, except for the Irish because that's a question later on. But one bourbon and one scotch, I will say right now, I really, really, really like Cooper's Craft Barrel Reserve. It's only 30 bucks. As I mentioned, these are ones that I would continue to buy, continue to buy. These aren't like that one that you save up a bunch of money for, right? These are my daily drinkers. I would say Cooper's Craft Barrel Reserve, excellent drink. I'm a really big fan of it right now and actually on our TikTok series of different whiskeys versus Buffalo Trace. Cooper's Craft was the very first one to beat Buffalo Trace for less than $30. If you haven't seen that on TikTok, go check it out. My TikTok is at Whiskey Noobs Podcast. My favorite scotch right now, I'm going to say it's probably Glenfiddich, uh, the 12-year that I have on the wall behind me. I really enjoy Glenfiddich 12-year. Also not overly pricey, uh, really good drink for the price. So I would say both of those, and you'll get my favorite Irish here in a little bit because somebody asked what my favorite Irish was. Now, if you mean all-time favorite whiskey as in the all-time best drink that I have had, like the all-time this whiskey, I tried it and I was like, oh my goodness, 
Right now, it would probably be old Rip Van Winkle, and a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at that, and it just depends because... I really liked the old Rip Van Winkle when I had it. I was on my honeymoon. It was the one and only time that I had a glass of it, and I thought it was fantastic. But it's hard for me to say that a whiskey is my favorite if I hadn't had an entire bottle of it, and it's so hard to find. That's why it would never be my favorite whiskey in terms of practicality, like cost and being able to acquire it. It's so hard to find, and it's, it's overly priced if you can find it on the secondary market, at least. So... For that reason, I wouldn't tell somebody that that's the one, my favorite one. And if you're wondering why it hasn't been any of the Van Winkle family reserves, it's because I haven't ever had any of those, so I wouldn't be able to tell you honestly if they were my favorite. So that's the answer. You're once again got three answers, and you're about to get a fourth when I answer the favorite Irish whiskey question. But moving on to the next question. Have I ever used aging sticks in any of my bourbons to change the flavors? I have not. I'm actually not familiar with a lot of people doing that in bourbons that they already have. How do I say this? That are bourbons. <laughs> I've heard of people doing it in moonshine, but I do think people. I, I think people do it with like already made whiskeys with aging sticks. It's basically like a, a charred stick that you put in there, and it, it mimics the barrel and adds some age, quote unquote, to it. I've never done it with like a finished uh, whiskey. I like to really taste the finished product that somebody intended for me to taste when they distilled it. And so I personally do not use them. So I can't really tell you whether or not they're worth doing or not. But uh, I recommend if you want to try it, that you absolutely try it. As I say, with anything with whiskey, uh, you can never try too many different things, right? Moving right along to the next question. This one could cause some controversy. So the next question is, how is Jack, uh, and they have slash Tennessee whiskey. So Jack Daniels is a Tennessee whiskey. How is Jack slash Tennessee whiskey in general, not a bourbon? That is an excellent question. And it contains an assumption in it that I'm not 100% sure is true. And that is that Tennessee whiskey is not a bourbon. That's a hotly debated topic because Tennessee whiskey checks all of the boxes to be a bourbon. So for those of you who don't know, there's a lot surrounding bourbon that you have to do to be a bourbon. Tons of rules. There's an episode that I have on early in the show. And Tennessee whiskey checks all of those boxes, but goes a step farther. So Bourbon has to be made in America. Bourbon has to be made following certain mash bill rules, certain aging rules. Tennessee whiskey follows all those same rules, except it's also made in Tennessee. And they also use a process called the Lincoln County process where they drip the distillate through charcoal on its way to the barrel. So like they don't drip it directly into the barrel, but they drip it down through charcoal and then they barrel it. And that's supposed to pull out different flavors from it and different, uh, how do I want to put this, compounds within it that allow it, they say, to be smoother and to give it different flavor profiles. And it does have a slightly different taste to it. Maybe it's in my head, maybe it's not. But some people argue it's no longer a bourbon because that filtering process is kind of like flavoring and you're not allowed to flavor a bourbon. Other people argue that it's basically just bourbon with a fancy name. And the funny thing about this debate is there's people on both sides who think both sides. So there's people who don't want it to be a bourbon and so they say that that's flavoring it but then there's also people you know on the Tennessee whiskey side that also don't want it to be a bourbon and they're like well no it's it's more specific than a bourbon it's a Tennessee whiskey it's a matter of like pride so people on both sides want it to not be a bourbon but then there's people on other sides that think it is a bourbon mostly and I kind of fall in the category that it's mostly a bourbon they do do their own process though yes I did just say do do their own process so 
it's a slightly more specific bourbon. You know, not all fingers are thumbs, but all thumbs are in fact fingers. Kind of that sort of a thing. So, moving on to the next question. Cold versus room temperature whiskey. I'm guessing you mean my personal preference, or if you mean overall which one is better, I can't answer that for you because it is 100% personal preference. I know a lot of folks who say that they much prefer the cold whiskey because it smooths it out and makes it easier to drink. I disagree. I think cold whiskey is actually a little bit harder to drink. You could see that in the episode that Bryce and I did with Whiskey on the Rocks. I think what happens is the cold is so smooth and soothing to your palate that at the first taste, it's nice and smooth. But then as it warms up on your mouth, it gets really harsh and because your mouth is used to that nice cold whiskey. And so I think a lot of people think that it's smoother because it is smoother on the front end. But in my opinion, it's not smoother as it stays in your mouth. So it's probably a matter of how long you hold it in your mouth, which I usually swish it around and try to get all the flavors. So for me, I'm a much, I much prefer the room temperature, but there are people who prefer cold. And if that's you, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I recommend you try it both ways and see which one you prefer. And oftentimes when you're trying to learn a whiskey, you can try that same whiskey both ways to see it in different palate conditions and in different temperature conditions. So that, that can be very helpful as well. The next question, is Japanese whiskey worth trying? Absolutely. I think all types of whiskey are worth trying. Japanese whiskey especially was one that surprised me. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not, and I really did. Uh, you could see that with the Suntory Whiskey Toki episode that we did a review of Suntory Whiskey Toki, and it was really good. It was it was better than I anticipated. might be a touch overpriced, and it's one of the only ones that I've actually had. So it's for sure the only one that I've had recently. So I can't speak for all Japanese whiskeys, but I think most whiskeys from most nations, most places are worth trying. Uh, I know there's some people who don't like Japanese whiskey because there used to be some incredibly loose rules around it. And recently they have made them slightly more strict is my understanding. But some people don't like it because they consider it basically like rebranding scotch and selling it because it is very similar to scotch. But I think all whiskeys, all different types of whiskeys have merits. Even if you don't say like, oh, I like this because it's Japanese whiskey, you can just taste it and say, oh, I think this tastes good. So I try all whiskeys 99% of the time. So I would definitely say try Japanese whiskey. I wouldn't spend an extreme amount of money on it. I would definitely, your first bottle, make a less expensive bottle and then move on from there if you really find that you like it. The Suntory Whiskey Toki is one of the cheapest ones near me, so I recommend you try that. This person is writing from out of country and said, any recommendations if I can't get bourbon? And I'm not 100% sure what you mean by this question, but my assumption is that you mean non-bourbon whiskeys with similar flavors. And that's a tough one, as it is. But uh, the other thing might be like you asking, like, how can you get bourbons? Like, can you get them sent to you or anything like that? And the answer is that shipping alcohol is extremely difficult if you are not, you know, a licensed liquor store or something like that. But if you mean like similar whiskeys to a bourbon, that is going to vary so much. And a lot of people listening are probably right now thinking there is nothing like a bourbon. And that's kind of the truth is that bourbons are pretty unique. I don't know of a lot of people who make the same recipes as bourbons outside of America. I'm certain that you could find some. So you could probably do some Googling and some research on that. But in terms of finding something that's going to taste just like a bourbon, that's going to be difficult. I think this is based on my personal palate. I, I think the next closest thing for me is Canadian whiskey. So you could try some different Canadian whiskeys and see what you think about those. A lot of them have the flavor of kind of like a high rye bourbon. So you could try some Canadian whiskeys. 
Pendleton is one that's bottled in America, I'm told. Uh, I was doing a little bit of looking into that, and somebody had commented it also on TikTok. And they said, you know, it is bottled in America, but it's using Canadian whiskeys, which is kind of a really weird concept. But it, if you can get your hands on that a little bit easier than bourbon, I really like Pendleton, and it reminds me of a really sweet bourbon, essentially. But Canadian whiskeys in general are probably your best bet in my opinion, in terms of things that on my palate taste similar to bourbon, I've had the best experience with Canadian whiskey. All right, moving on to our next question. Who won the hat and where can I get one to support? This person is referring to the giveaway that I did on my Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs. I did a giveaway of two hats and a gift card, an Amazon gift card. The first winner got to pick the color of hat and the Amazon card, and then the second winner got whatever hat was left. And those are the hats that I always wear on the TikToks, on the Instagram reels, on the clips from the podcast that I post. And they want to know who won. I actually posted on my story who won. Um, I don't know if they want me to disclose their names on the podcast, so I'm not going to say their names. Uh, but uh, those two people did win. And where can you get a hat to support? As of right now, you can't get them anywhere. The only way you can get them is through giveaways. But I have been doing some research and I am looking into you being able to purchase the hats. And I know that a lot of people have asked me about that on TikTok and on Instagram. So hopefully that's good news to everybody listening. This is the first time that I'm actually disclosing that information. But hopefully here soon you will be able to order a hat and have it shipped to you and possibly some of those hats are going to have some different styles and uh, different things on them than the ones that you've seen thus far. So keep an eye out for that. I think it's pretty exciting. We got some pretty exciting new things coming out. Um, and I appreciate you guys wanting to support me monetarily. And I will be selling the hats and hopefully maybe some other things as well. So I really appreciate the monetary support. But as I always say, as of right now, at least as of the recording of this podcast, there's no way to support me monetarily. There's nothing that you have to do to support me monetarily. You can just with money is what I mean. Uh, but if you share the show with somebody that you know, if you share any of the social media posts, if you're liking and following on all the platforms, rating the show on iTunes and on Spotify, doing those sorts of things, subscribing. All of that is the best way you can support the show right now, and I appreciate everybody who does all of those things. I really appreciate you guys, and thus far, that has been the most tremendous help that you guys could give to the show, and it is absolutely appreciated. But I have heard the people asking for merchandise. I have heard the people wanting different Whiskey Noobs personalized things, and I wanted to hold off because I didn't want anybody thinking this was a money grab. I've done this for a very long time, almost a full year now, without asking for any kind of money. Actually, if you count before I released the first episode, the work I was doing, I've been doing this for over a year now, and I haven't asked for any kind of money, nothing monetary. That's not what this is about for me. This is about building something. I'm not worried about you know the, the paycheck right now. But a lot of people do want merchandise, and so I will hopefully be bringing that to you guys here soon. I have to work out some of the technical stuff on how to get merchandise to you guys. But that will most likely be possible here shortly. And once again, that is all so appreciated. I appreciate the heck out of all you guys, even the ones who are just listening to the podcast. If that's all you do to interact, I still appreciate you for being a consistent listener. And you will be able to get some Whiskey Noobs merchandise here shortly, most likely. Uh, this next question, I looped the next two together uh, because I think they're pretty similar. The next question is, how do you find drinks that are difficult to find? And then I also had a different question that was, what's the best for new and hard to get? 
chains or mom and pop shops. So similar question. How do you find things that are difficult for you to find? That's a tough question. The quickest answer is to go to a specific store regularly. And if that person gets to know you, the person behind the counter, hopefully it's only a few different people behind the counter, not like a giant chain. That's one of the downsides of giant chains. Um, If you get to know the person, then that can be a little bit helpful because they can clue you in on when they're going to get something rare. That works sometimes. Especially in my area, pretty much everything is a state store. So it's mostly luck of the draw on what you're going to get. And there's 10, 20 employees. You see a bunch of different ones all the time. None of them get to know you, and so you can't really do that. In that case, I would say the only thing that is your best bet is going to a store that you know puts out large amounts of sales. And that is because if they're buying large volumes, they're more likely to be able to get the rare stuff. There's there's a lot of technical stuff going on behind the background with all of that. Uh, a lot of stuff that people do not like. But the fact of the matter is, if you're putting out a lot of volume, even if it's not volume in bourbon, if it's just a lot of volume, a lot of sales volume, there's a good chance they have a better chance of getting the rarer stuff. So I would say something like that is your best bet. If you're in a state-run state like me, where all your liquor stores are run by the state, your best bet is to find one that does tend to get in the rare stuff. Usually they're not hard to find because anybody looking for the rare stuff knows that it's one of the ones that gets in the rare stuff and get there the day that they get their shipment in, in the morning. I know for a fact two of them that are within probably a 10-mile radius of me both of which have a line out the door when they open. And that's really difficult when you work full-time like I do. But if you can find a way, find somebody you know to go there for you, if you have something specific that you want, that's probably your best bet. Now, if you don't have state-run liquor stores, if you have private liquor stores, the rules change a little bit. And I still think, for from what I've seen, that it's best to pick a store that has high volume. But I don't know for sure how, how that applies in other states. I'm probably not your best resource on that. I do know that there are apps out there that can tell you what people have in stock. Uh, Specifically, I use OHLQ. It is the Ohio Liquor Store app, actually run by the state as far as I know. And it will tell you what people have in stock, but it's not always correct. Sometimes you can get kind of a sneak peek if you're really, uh, really on the ball with checking what people have in stock. But it has been wrong for me before, so I wouldn't stand by that too much. Or... Perhaps it wasn't wrong. Perhaps they said they had it. And on my drive there, they sold out, which does tend to happen in Ohio because you get everything at the retail price. And so the rare stuff, it goes really, really quickly. But that's my advice. Uh, Hopefully, if you're not from Ohio, you can do a little bit more digging on your own because, like I said, I'm just not the best resource for that. And I'm not the best resource for bourbon hunting in general. I know there's a lot of folks who are big into, like, the, the bourbon hunting, trying to find the rare ones. I do dabble in bourbon hunting. I do always look for the rare stuff and I you can bet that I'm calling my local stores to see what they get in. But that's not necessarily my main goal on the whiskey scene, if you will. I like to review things. I like to put out content to give people the best whiskeys, the best budget whiskeys, the best tricks to tasting whiskey, as you've seen, as you've witnessed through the podcast. And so my niche within the niche of whiskey, I guess if you want to call it that, my niche is kind of the finding the stuff that's accessible to everybody and finding the best out of all of that. 
and I try to bring that quality to people so that they can go to their local liquor store and find it. So that's why I'm not the best guy to ask about that. But you can bet that I certainly dabble in bourbon hunting on a personal level, um, not necessarily for the podcast or anything like that. Now, as mentioned, my favorite Irish whiskey, I mentioned earlier I was going to be answering this, my favorite Irish whiskey, hands down, is Redbreast 12. It is also the most expensive Irish whiskey that I've had, full disclosure, and it's not overly expensive, so that that's my point in saying that, is that it's not overly expensive, so I'm sure there are better out there. I know for sure Redbreast makes older and higher strength whiskeys that I absolutely want to try but I'm trying not to get stuck just on red breasts. So there are a couple other semi-expensive, um, really high-ranking ones that people always recommend that I'm going to be trying here soon, hopefully, and, of course, have on the show. Uh, we will be doing some Irish whiskeys for St. Patrick's Day coming up here soon. So favorite Irish whiskey as of right now, red breast 12. Irish whiskeys and scotches are two things that I'm looking to very much expand here very soon, so that answer might change over the course of the next few months. My favorite Canadian whiskey. I mentioned before that I am not very well versed in Canadian whiskey, and I really want to learn more about it, but I first want to learn more about Scotch and Irish whiskey, and then hopefully Canadian whiskey. So I have a lot to go, and I know that everybody listening to this show knows that I know that I have a lot to go. I've tried all of the categories. I know what makes them taste different from each other, but in terms of favorite Canadian whiskey, I don't have a great recommendation right now, but I will say... I absolutely, absolutely love Pendleton, and it's technically, it's a weird category. It's distilled in Canada, bottled in America. So it's a really weird category. I consider it Canadian whiskey, and you'll see it sitting with Canadian whiskey a lot of the times at the store. So I call it a Canadian whiskey, and I absolutely love Pendleton. It's, I think, like 24 or 26 bucks, and it tastes fantastic. I actually put it up there with Buffalo Trace in that, that price range. And you know how much I speak well of Buffalo Trace. So... Pendleton whiskey would be my best recommendation for that. Aside from that, I don't have a ton of experience with a Canadian, but I am looking to get into it. I've been stuck in the bourbons for a long time because everybody on TikTok and everybody in America tends to want to know my opinion on bourbons. But I promise you guys, we are definitely going to be expanding that soon. Hopefully here pretty soon you'll see some new TikTok series uh, that start to expand that a little bit, which is going to be pretty exciting. The next question, my favorite bourbon, or actually this has the best bourbon under $60. That's a, a bold statement. I don't know if I can tell you the best, but I can tell you my favorite. So this kind of goes two different ways. You know, you ask for my favorite, you're going to get like three things. I hope you guys know that by now. You're never going to just get a straight answer out of me on my favorites. I'm way too indecisive for that. But my favorite bourbon under $60 right now probably is uh, Four Roses Single Barrel. Now, Four Roses also makes a small batch that I believe you can get sometimes less than $60. I don't know for sure what the MSRP is on it. I can actually look that up real quick. Okay, so Four Roses does make, their small batch is $60, and I haven't had it yet. It's actually one of those ones that's on my list to get, but I kind of hold myself back from because I know that it's going to be really good, and I don't want to experience that really good one yet. So for me right now, it's Four Roses Single Barrel, which is a little bit less expensive. But I will also recommend Angel's Envy, which is technically not a bourbon, so that's why it's not my first answer. But I absolutely love Angel's Envy. It has a flavor to it that just really nails my palate. I, I love the profile that it has, and so Angel's Envy is way up there for me. And it's technically not a bourbon. It's technically a finished bourbon, 
which is another debate in and of itself, but it is fantastic as well. But I recommend the Four Roses. I love Four Roses, and it's also probably one of the most commented ones on my TikTok. So Four Roses, I haven't had their small batch or their small batch select, but I have had their single barrel and absolutely love it. One of my favorites. So our next question actually has a little bit of a funny story behind it. The next question is alternatives to Gentleman Jack. And it's been a long time since I've had any kind of Jack Daniels, let alone the Gentleman Jack. I'm pretty sure the last time I had Gentleman Jack was at my buddy's bachelor party, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been a while. I don't feel like I'm equipped to answer that question. But because I love you guys so much, I actually bought a mini bottle of it to try right here on the show and just knee-jerk reaction what it reminds me of. This is not the uh, mystery whiskey that I'm drinking. I actually forgot that I was supposed to be drinking this on the show. So I drank a mystery whiskey, and I'm going to have a sip of Gentleman Jack right now and let you know what I think. No Glencairn. We're going straight out of the little 50-milliliter bottle. So weirdly enough, this is actually... This is going to be a crime to say this for those who are in love with Gentleman Jack. This is actually reminding me of Benchmark 8, which if you know Benchmark 8, it's made by Buffalo Trace Distillery. It is not Tennessee whiskey, but it is $10 for a bottle of it. It has a similar flavor to that. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot more going on here than is going on with Benchmark 8, but it has a distinct flavor that with the Benchmark 8, I, I consider like a crescent roll. And that's what it's reminding me of right now, drinking this Gentleman Jack. But it's really good. Uh, I haven't had Jack Daniels in so long. But my guess is if you like the Gentleman Jack, you'll probably just like normal Jack Daniels. I don't. There's not a, a drastic price difference. And it just has that, that Jack Daniels flavor to it. I don't know how else to describe it. But a good replacement, I'm assuming you just mean something like totally different. Uh, that you could use to replace it. Let me take another sip and let you know. Yeah, honestly, this is reminding me of the, the taste that Benchmark has. I think I'm going to skip past Buffalo Trace and not say Buffalo Trace because it doesn't have that almost crescent roll flavor that I'm describing. But I think that does have a comparable taste to like an Eagle Rare. Now, all of those that I just mentioned, except for the benchmark, can be pretty hard to find. So let's talk about other options that you have. Maybe, depending on which note in this it is that you're going for, maybe Russell's Reserve 10-year, if you're going for almost like that dark fruitiness. I got like a little bit of that. There's also a paleness to it that I get from Four Roses, which is $22. I know I'm kind of all over the board here, but there's kind of a lot, impressively so there's a lot going on in this gentleman jack and i'm trying to figure out which note it is that you're looking for the four roses has like the very light new wood almost spicy notes that i get right on the first sip of the gentleman jack whereas the russell's reserve has those slightly darker notes that i get when i let it sit in my mouth for a second really depends on where you want to go with this which note it is that you're looking for but those are the two that i'd recommend if you like the if you can tell what i mean by that almost crescent roll taste, then definitely Benchmark 8 has that flavor in it. If that's the flavor that I'm talking about that you like, and plus it's only 10 bucks, just buy it and try it. If that's the flavor you're talking about, that's in Benchmark 8 for literally $10. So if that is the flavor you're going for, I would get the Benchmark without a doubt. 
If that's not the flavor you're going for, if it's one of those other ones that I mentioned, then I would go with those whiskeys. But it really depends on which flavor from this gentleman, Jack, it is that you are enjoying so much. So hopefully that answers your question, or at least gives you a few new things to try. Uh, Total Curveball, Cooper's Craft Barrel Reserve. I've only had it once as of the recording of this show. I had it for the Buffalo Trace Battle, so I don't feel super comfortable recommending it yet. But it won the Buffalo Trace Battle, my very first tasting of it. I thought, this is really good stuff. And it also has slightly, slightly that benchmark flavor. And it also brings a little bit of the fruitiness. So you can give that a try if you want as well. But I'd start with the benchmarks. It's only 10 bucks, And what, what do you really have to lose for 10 bucks? If you mix it with Coke, then who really cares? It costs you $10. That is my answer to that knee-jerk reaction. Hopefully that was worth it for you guys because I had to think on the fly there. But... One thing I will say about that question is it reminded me how much I like Gentleman Jack. It's not overly expensive at all. Uh, Not too bad. So I will probably be getting me a bottle of that in the future other than this little 50 milliliter bottle that I have. The next question, have I had any of the foolproof benchmark? I have not, and I would love to find it, but I don't think they even sell it in Ohio. At least I can't ever find it on OHLQ. That benchmark 8 that I was just talking about, that's what this question is about. They make a foolproof version of it, and I have not had it. Uh, But I do intend to try it. If I ever find it, I will be buying it. Apparently, it's really good. Everybody loves it. So I'll be giving that a try. If you find it, then give it a try yourself, anybody listening, because I love benchmark for ten dollars it's easily easily the best whiskey you can get for ten dollars in my opinion is benchmark number eight also made by the buffalo trace distillery of course because everybody knows that i love the buffalo trace distillery the next question this is an interesting one i appreciate the person who asked this does my wife participate in or support my hobby that is a fun question so she does both of those to different extents uh she absolutely supports my hobby she especially supports not that she doesn't support my drinking of whiskey but i think it's kind of a moot point the fact that i like whiskey that's not really something that she would or would not support it's just like oh chris likes whiskey but the side of the hobby where i'm doing the tiktoks and i'm doing the podcast she absolutely supports those things and there's no way that i could do it without the amount of support that she gives me uh, and allows me to be in the basement recording tiktoks and recording podcasts and making videos when i could be upstairs hanging out with her so she's absolutely supportive of that I'm very appreciative of it. Uh, Does she participate in my hobby? My guess is that you want to know if she drinks whiskey. The answer is no. She thinks whiskey is absolutely disgusting, as a lot of women tend to do. But some women do have the palate for it, which is really impressive uh, based on my experience uh, with the women in my life. They just absolutely hate whiskey. Actually, there is one person, but I'm not going to shout them out on here. I don't know if she wants to be shouted out who uh, does have a, a palate for whiskey. But my wife does not uh, drink whiskey. However, she does support my drinking of it. And in terms of participating in the hobby, she does help me out with different things in the podcast. I won't get into specifics of the work breakdown. But she is very helpful and supportive in that area as well. When I say the podcast, I'm referring to all of Whiskey Noobs, the podcast, the TikTok, the Instagram, all of those things. She's very supportive and also does help out with those things. What are my thoughts on decanters? I'm guessing this came from the either Instagram reel or TikTok that I posted with the decanter that Wine Savant sent me. Love the decanter that they sent me, by the way. Not sponsored by them at all, but just want to shout out good work when I see it. They did send it to me for free, but I'm, I'm not sponsored. I don't make any money off of it. So what are my thoughts on decanters? I think decanters are absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, 
unnecessary for whiskey. <laughs> There's no need to have a decanter. But I like decanters because they look cool. No different than a lot of the whiskey stuff that a lot of us are into. You know, the bars made out of barrels and all of the stuff you hang on the walls and having nice whiskey shelves. Same idea. Decanters look really cool. The one that I specifically have right now is the one that looks like an AR-15. You can see that on my TikTok or on Instagram that they sent me this one that looks like an AR-15. I think it looks super cool. And so that's my thought about decanters, that they look cool. For whiskey, they're really not necessary because the best decanter is going to seal really well for whiskey because you can't leave it open to the air. Whereas a wine decanter, the whole point is to let the wine breathe. So they're used with the same name, but they are two different things. The whiskey one, now people argue it changes the flavor, does different things. In my personal opinion, in my experience using whiskey decanters, they almost entirely are just for show. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think they look super cool. But I don't want people to get the impression that you have to have a decanter to be a real whiskey drinker. I went a very long time without having a decanter. I got a decanter, and I went a long time without even using it. Uh, so you don't need to have a decanter to be a whiskey drinker. But I think they're cool, and I think they look cool. Last and most certainly not least, what is my favorite cigar? Or actually, they phrased it as, do I have a favorite cigar? Absolutely, I do have a favorite cigar. And as with any favorite, of course, you're going to get multiple answers. So both of my favorite cigars are pretty basic. And so, you're, of course, you're going to get multiple answers. You're going to get my two super basic answers, and then you're going to get my one slightly more specific answer. So the two super basic answers are the Atabay for a lighter cigar. If you don't know what the Atabay is, look it up. It is fantastic. Probably, arguably, maybe it's because of the hype behind it, but arguably the best cigar that I've ever smoked. Huge, huge fan of it. Uh, it was my wedding cigar. It was all, well, not on my wedding night because I didn't have time to smoke a whole cigar on my wedding night. Obviously, you're at the reception pretty much the whole night. You got to be dancing on the dance floor and saying hi to people. So I didn't have it on my wedding night, uh, but I did end up having it after the wedding as my wedding cigar, quote unquote. I also had had it a couple years before, and when I had it, I had been with my wife for a while. She wasn't my wife at the time, but I was like, this is going to be my wedding cigar. So I had it, and I immediately knew that because it's so good. Absolutely love the Atabay. That is on the lighter side. On the slightly darker side, and I say slightly darker because I'm not big into the super punchy flavors with cigars, unless depends on the time of day. Unless it's like after dinner, then I really like them. <laughs> but most of the time, if I'm just hanging out, just having a smoke, I prefer slightly sweeter cigars. I love the Oliva Serie V. Another very basic answer because it is one of the top-ranked cigars all of the time. So it, it's no secret that it's a really good cigar. Now, if you want a less basic cigar, something like, which is what you're probably wondering, like, oh, what's, you know, that weird cigar that you like? I wouldn't say it's weird, but one that was super random. I just bought it along with a bunch of other ones, and I tried it, and I was like, this is really good, was the Tatuaje 7th Capa Especial. Hopefully I said all of that right because I did not look it up. I'm doing that from memory, <laughs> but I believe it was the, the Tatuaje is the brand. Seventh Capa Especial, I believe is what it was called. And I really liked that it. it had similar flavors to the Oliva Serie V, but did bring more of that spiciness. And so I liked it for that reason. Haven't had it for a couple of years, actually, as I'm, I spend so much time tasting whiskey. I don't have as much time for cigars anymore, unfortunately. But those are my three favorites. But the best one I've ever smoked is probably the Atabay. Pretty popular amongst cigar smokers if you look it up online, so it's not much of a shock. Same with Oliva Serie V. 
absolutely love the Oliva Series V. I got one of those on my at my bachelor party. People give it to me as gifts just because people know that I, I love that cigar. So that is probably my like staple cigar. Maybe not the best one I've ever smoked in my life, but it's like if I'm just going to go buy one, I'll buy the Oliva Series V. Okay, that rounds out all of our questions for today. Hopefully, I flew through those pretty quickly uh, because we have had a lot lately. So thank you so much to everybody asking all the questions. I am very appreciative of the questions that you guys ask me. It is awesome to know the things that you want to know from me. It helps me out. I don't have to play the guesswork. I wonder if people want to know this. Really helps me out by just being able to answer you guys' questions, and I love doing it. I love how interactive it is, and I love answering the questions on the TikTok lives as well, which I will be continuing to do uh, here pretty often. I'm probably going to be doing one uh, most likely tomorrow as of the recording of this podcast, not as of the posting of this podcast. But that is all the questions that we've got for today, so let's finish off this mystery review, and that will be it for this episode. Okay, so continuing with this whiskey that I'm drinking... It has slightly smoky notes to it, which might give it away. And it also has almost like a citrus taste to it, accompanied with, let's just give it all away right now. With the smokiness, you have a little bit of like an earthy, grassy herbiness. Uh, but it also has a good amount of like the sweetness and the citrus. And yes, this probably sounds very familiar to those of you listening because it was just on last week's episode, and I am drinking Chivas Regal 12. I said Chivas for all of the last episode, but a lot of people online seem to pronounce it Chivas, which is a little confusing for me. My last name's Chapinar, so I see CH, I'm thinking Cha, but uh, a lot of people pronounce it Chivas Regal. Will I ever get better at pronouncing the names of scotches? Probably not. I am horrendous at pronouncing the names of scotches, but that is what I'm drinking right now, and actually the reason I'm drinking it is because I was curious. I remember really liking it on the episode, so I wanted to try it again, and it stands up. I mean, for the price, it was like, I think, $30, maybe $33, something like that. For the price, I absolutely enjoy it, and as I mentioned, I'm getting a little bit more into the scotches, even if this is just a blended scotch, but I like it. I really enjoy it, and hopefully that helped you guys out with the flavor notes. Hopefully you were able to guess. I like that because it's similar to a blind tasting for those of you who are new to this, wondering why I'm giving you notes of a random whiskey. So hopefully everybody was able to guess and enjoyed that. Hopefully I answered your question and did not miss it, but if I did, make sure you submit it again once again on Wednesdays at whiskey underscore noobs on my story. You can ask any question and I will answer on the show. Thank you once again to everybody who submitted a question and has overall has been supportive of the show, but that is all that we have for this episode today. So I will leave you with learn to drink, drink to learn. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, it only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol